It's time to step into the more that God has for you. This is Eunice Lai, and I would like to welcome you to today's episode of Beyond the Building with Laura Pereno and Debbie Kiever of the Beyond Women's Conference. Hi, this is Debbie Kiever letting you know that starting in January, I'll be teaching an online ladies' Bible study called Kingdom Woman based on the book written by Tony Evans and Crystal Evans Hurst called Kingdom Woman. If you'd like to learn more about this online Bible study and be part of it, you can email me at debbie at debbiekeeverministries.com. Well, welcome back to Beyond the Building, everyone. I'm Debbie Kiever, and I'm here with Laura Perino, and we are excited about a brand new series on relationships throughout this month of February. We have some the couple. We have two special guests coming to join us this month um, as we cover topics on the relationships between parents and kids. Um, we're going to be talking about mentoring, and then we'll be wrapping up the month with there is just something, Laura, about the gift and the challenge of relationships between women, the friendships between women. Um, one of the best blessings, and it also can bring one of the biggest challenges to our lives. But we're starting off today focusing on just some introductory t- um, thoughts about the needs that we have in our relationships and ultimately where God has Uh, crafted us in a way to need him and to run to him first for all our deepest needs in our friendships. Yeah, Debbie, I'm really excited about this month because relationships really are one of the keys in our lives. And we could kind of say that make the world go around, right? We have relationships in so many different ways. You and I have had a relationship for how many years? Many, many years into the early 90s. And there is something about relationships that we crave. And the reason for it is because we were created to be in relationship. You know, if we all take this back to the Bible, like I know we will as we're going through this today, you know, the, the Trinity is in a relationship, right? The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, they're three in one. They are in relationship with each other. And because we're created in the image of God, we are also created for relationship. And so it's kind of neat to see that our need or our desire for relationships actually reflects back to the fact that we are created in the image of God. So when we crave relationships, when we seek relationships when we are um, striving to really even grow in our relationships. It's just a very cool thought to take it back to the fact it's because we were created for this. And we can we can look at the word and we can see how we were created for relationships through this uh, picture of the Trinity. But we can look around life these days, right? And we can look at just social media and we can see clearly that we crave relationships. Oh, so true. You know, how many times do we put something up? I'm guilty of this. You'll put something on Facebook and 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 you start to see what people are commenting and you start to people see if people like something or they don't like something or people who don't comment. How easy it is for us to start thinking things in our minds and basing our relationship on what we see online. But the fact that we want to, we strive to be connected in this virtual world now um, we are creative for relationships, but the sad thing is that sometimes we go after it in the wrong way. And we're living in a culture today that has offered us so many ways to stay connected with each other uh, in a way that we never have before. I mean, honestly, I don't think any other time in my life I would say I have 700 and some odd friends, right? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> but for some reason, when I'm talking about Facebook, I can say, well, this is how many friends I have. Um, there are so many ways for us to be connected, and yet, 
we find ourselves when the uh, society finds ourselves at large as a people who feel very disconnected from each other. Uh, we feel like we have a lack of relationship. I mean, you just look around. You look at you know, the family scene in the family room. Maybe the family movie is on the screen, but everybody else has their face in a different screen. You know, they're looking at their laptops or their iPads or their phones. And, and the eyes are not even on the large screen that the family is supposed to be doing something together. Or you sit in a plane. You're waiting for a plane. Well, remember you used to wait for a plane. We don't really <laughs> yeah, go to the right. airport that much anymore. Right. But, or even just standing in line at a grocery store. It's like you have an opportunity to interact face-to-face -face with people, but our faces are down. And because we are connecting with somebody through the internet, and you're, we're missing the opportunity of the person that's standing literally right in front of us. And so, you know, there's a lot of data out there that this generation right now that we're living in is the most lonely generation, the most disconnected, and, and the depression that is just overrunning people's lives, the hopelessness, the feeling very, very alone. It, it's not being, these deep needs are not being met, and yet, we live in a culture that we can pick up a phone and call another part of the world uh, very easily. And we've never been able to do that before. So that it's handing these opportunities for connection on a platter to us, and yet we're not using it in the way that's really going to enhance good, solid relationships. You know, it's interesting because the pandemic really has put a whole new light on this. But if we even look back to, you know, 2019 or the beginning of 2020 before we found ourselves in the place that we're in now, uh, how many times have, were you on an airplane or were you standing in the grocery store line and somebody starts a conversation with you and when you get off the plane, you say, it was the strangest thing. Like they wanted to talk to me the whole time. Or right. I was just trying to read a magazine in line at the grocery store or see what the headlines are and this woman would not stop talking to me. Like it's so funny because years ago, that would have been a thing. I remember that was when normal. Emily, normal. Exactly. When Emily was little, standing in the grocery store line and picking up a conversation with somebody, regardless of their age, regardless of if they had kids or not, you, you communicated with each other. But now we don't do that anymore. And then put the pandemic on top of it. Not only are we not talking to each other or building relationships, but now like we have to stand six feet apart from each other in the line on the circle at the grocery store. We're certainly not communicating like we used to. Um, it's so important that we maintain relationships, but knowing how to have healthy, growing, healthy relationships is so important. And yet that is exactly what's missing. When you were just talking about people being on their phones uh, over the holidays I was uh, cleaning and my husband took a picture of me I was in my pajamas with one hand I was pushing a vacuum cleaner and with the other hand I was texting <laughs> I was te <laughs> and that just makes me laugh so much and if I could I would totally let everybody see what that picture looks like because the dirt was not coming off the floor but clearly I can't even like do what I'm supposed to be doing because I'm just so connected because I want to have relationships with people right that's but they've got to be healthy ways that is not that is not a picture of a healthy relationship a woman with a vacuum cleaner in one hand and uh, a cell phone texting in another but we would all love to see that picture <laughs> it's a good it's a good picture you know, I think not only, Laura, are we living in a, the tension of the pandemic, there's just tension in our country. Mm -hmm. 
anyway. There's all kinds of tension. And we are finding that because we have not grown in our communication skills because our heads are so busy being connected in a screen and not with a person, that across the board, our skills at being able to communicate through conflict, how to be able to really be good listeners, good question answers or askers, um, they've really diminished a lot because of our, our glue, being glued to technology as opposed to a relationship. And, and how many times have we experienced texting something or posting something that somebody else took incorrectly? You know, they made an assumption about us that was inaccurate. And gosh, when we think of what our country is walking through right now, the tension that's going on, we need to be able to work on those communication skills because we're going to need each other more than ever. Absolutely. And we are allowing external circumstances to influence the relationships that God has given us as a blessing. Right. And we are finding ourselves in places we don't want to be. You know, external circumstances, things that are going on in our country with the unrest politically and, and uh, things about COVID and whatnot, all of these are new factors that we haven't, under the same roof, you know, you can have people at the dinner table and strong, strong differences of opinion. But rather than letting the strong, strong thing that, you know, keeps you connected be the main thing, we are so quick to let the things that are outside influences come in and destroy our relationships. And that's why, you know, it's a key. Sometimes in February, we think relationships, love, Valentine's Day, whatever. It's so important that in this time we keep our relationships strong because they are based on God, right? Or they are a gift that God has given us and not allow these external things to come into play. Um, It's destructive and it can happen in the church as well. You know, we have different views. We find ourselves destroying relationships in the church. And the enemy, of course, is just having a heyday with that because they'll know we're Christians by our love. And when we are beating each other up, we are certainly not... um, showing the love that Jesus has. And that's a word for all of us, right? right. <laughs> I want to, I want to work better at that. I want to, I want to grow in that way too. You know, a lot of this comes back to the dynamics between our, our needs that we perceive that we have and how we look to our friendships, our different relationships to meet those needs. Uh, that is a fresh, that's a frustrating path to go down. And here's why, because the one who created us, He created us with deep needs to be known, deep needs to be safe and feel secure in a relationship. He has created each of us with a deep need to know that we're loved and to love and to feel that we are accepted and valued. And these these are not areas of weakness that we should be embarrassed about. This is the way he's wired us Mm -hmm. ultimately so that our vertical relationship with him we would find our needs being met in that relationship. The more those needs are met through him, the greater our ability to then love and reach out and connect with the friendships that God has placed in our lives without putting a pressure on them to be everything, Amen. You know, which really only he can, he can Amen. be. He's created us to be known. I mean, we really want to be known for who we are and we are wired to be calling out to What's my purpose and who created me and, and wanting to know who God is. People have been searching for God their whole lives, you know, and, and unless you're finding it in that personal relationship with Jesus Christ, you're going to keep looking and looking and all these different God of the ages, you know, that man has, has created. 
Let's go back and look at John 17. I'm going to read three verses, verse 3, 25, and 26. And this is Jesus's prayer, and it reflects really God's heart for why he sent Jesus to the earth. Now this is eternal life, that they may know you, and the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I may myself may be in them. Laura, that's a whole lot of words that seem to go <laughs> in a circle all about knowing. Yes, yes, yes. And, and what Jesus is, he's bottom line, he's saying, look, I came to earth so that my creation, you and me, would really get to know not only Jesus, but to get to know the Father. Amen. And and because there is this connection between Jesus and God, right? They are they are God, part of the Trinity. And because we have Jesus living, you know, presence of God living in our lives, um, we are connected to him. That word know that you see over and over again in that passage, in the Greek, it means to know God personally, intimately and experientially those are those are three powerful words it's not just saying um for example like with a friend right i know of somebody that doesn't mean i really know them i know yep. of them maybe i know them because i met them at some point maybe let's take it further maybe i've had some experiences where i've done life with them but that this word no that Jesus is referring to, it means to know that person because you've been so vulnerable with them. Mm. You've just not only learned about them, but you've shared the deepest parts of your heart with them. And then to take it one step further, there's a lot of experience. Yep. The friendship that has that deepens, that lasts forever because you have such a history together, that is the kind of knowing that Jesus is talking about here. Amen. And that's why when we read that passage, we see that that's why why Jesus came so that we can have that level of knowing with God. And, you know, there's a lot of people out there and we all we all start at this place. Right. And I think that's something, too, to be said about knowing uh, our relationship grows with God, just like it grows with other people. But, you know, we can know that God exists and a lot of people say that they know that he exists. And that's one level of knowing but aren't you glad that Jesus didn't come just so that we can know that God exists? Like, I want more. Mm -hmm. I don't want to just know that he's there, right? I, I crave more than just knowing with my mind that he's there. And just like you said, the second level is, you know, after we know he exists, you know, you could be at this level of knowing God because you have met people who talk like they really know him. That's that's the second level. And and that makes us also feel like we know him more because now we know somebody who knows him really well. But then you get to that third level where you long crave to know him personally. And really, this is where, you know, we find that through the word and, and spending time with him. Uh, we get to that place where we know him personally. It's the third level of knowing. But then, like you just said about relationships that we have with each other, and we know the people, honestly, that we can put in group one, two, and three that you just went over. But now when we talk about group four with God, this fourth level of knowing, it's just like what you said. Like, we know him. We understand that we are fully known. 
And in addition to that, we have found that we are fully dependent on our relationship with him. And that's really where all of this goes back to, Debbie, because like you said in the beginning, our relationships here on this earth, that cannot be where we are fully dependent. We have to come to that place where we know him so well that we are fully dependent upon our relationship with him. Because growing in knowledge and experience with God is where our deepest needs of being known are satisfied. And every other relationship in our lives benefit when the deepest need of being known and knowing is satisfied first. And that starts out in our relationship with God. Wow, that, what's that, that is such a huge takeaway because sometimes you feel, you know, you ever wake up some days and you feel kind of needy, like I just, <laughs> I just yeah. need to know that somebody is aware of what's going on yes. in my world. Um, I'm not feeling like there's a lot of chaos going on. I don't really feel safe. I don't yep. really feel secure in relationships. I think this whole year with COVID has really been an eye opener that you don't take life for granted. Yep. You know, that what happens if some, I've seen so much fear in people's hearts because they are suddenly realize that their loved one could be gone mm -hmm. and and how it's like you are my everything i can't lose you because you are what makes me feel safe and this is this has been a year of shaking for where are people's confidences yep. lying where are their needs being met and so if we are finding ourselves walking in anxiety walking in fear especially at the thought of losing somebody um, there's a difference between I don't want to lose somebody and my life is over if I yes. lose if yes. I lose that person. That's a different level of uh, desperation that you hear, and it comes from putting that that uh, expectation on a friend on that relationship to bring about your safe feeling and your security. And and I, I don't feel I can't love myself if you're not here. Mm -hmm. You know I, I feel important when you value me and yep. and that's all temporary god, you know, god has given us these relationships to help pour into some of those needs but at the end of the day it has to come from him yep and we look at we look at how god can use our friendships to help meet some of these needs look at all the scriptures that are in in the bible about how to treat one another all the one another's right all the be compassionate and forgiving and encouraging one another these are his specific instruction for how in our relationships we can help to meet some of those needs but again it all comes back to we need to find it from him and not from a person yep you know as we've all experienced um we know that we have not always lived out that walk where we are treating others um in a way that allows them or makes them feel loved or accepted it's it's you know we're human we don't do it right all the time. And we know that we have all been on the other side. We have all experienced relationships where others have not treated us in a manner that makes us feel loved or accepted or valued or heard. How many, you know, we want to be heard. We want to be seen. Um, we've been on both sides of this story. But if we are... Um, craving or just looking for our needs for security and love to only come from our human relationships we're going to find ourselves disappointed discouraged and lonely and and what else and how many times have you know have we said when we're single if i could just get married you know then i'd have somebody there all the time and i wouldn't be lonely anymore and yet people find themselves on the other side after they've been married feeling <laughs> very lonely or very um, stuck. unheard, <laughs> stuck. Yeah, exactly. Stuck. Yeah, frozen. 
unheard, unseen. And it's just like, you know, we think that too. If I could just get a best friend, if there's just somebody I could meet at church, you know, I, I haven't met anybody at church yet. If I could meet somebody at church, then I wouldn't feel lonely and I'd feel like I belonged. And yet our deepest need for love, security, and acceptance really must, 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 right? This is a big must. It must be met first in a relationship with the one who loves us perfectly, purely, and who loves us the most. Because when we look for it anyplace else, we're going to end up disappointed and lonely. But when we look in marriage, when we look to our need for love to come from God, you know, first, we're not going to be disappointed. In friendships, when we look for our our need or our communication to come from God first, we're not going to be disappointed. We put too much pressure on other people anyway. And, uh, and really, it's got to come from God first. Laura, have you discovered too, in your journey of getting to know God, right, intimately, personally, experientially, the more you've pursued him, you have become a better friend Absolutely. to those who are around you. I mean, it's, there's something about this confidence that that knowing that he knows everything about you and how he feels about you, it makes your dependency on him increase and your dependency on other people decrease. And I have not met anybody who loves feeling like they're the center of the universe for somebody. That's a lot of pressure. Yes. It's like you're not allowed to have a bad day. Yes, yes, yes. And so if all your needs are being met through the Father, bottom line, they're being met through him, then you are much more free to be able to just enjoy the friendships and pour into those people that God has brought into your life without this tension of you need to be there for me all the time. And I also think of there's a, a great um, saying that I've heard in church circles that you cannot give what you don't have. It's like you're pouring out into relationships, patience and gentleness and forgiveness and kindness. I mean, if you haven't experienced it already, how are you going to give it to somebody else? And so when we are finding those things being met through our relationship with our Heavenly Father, man, you've got what you need to pour out into the other relationships. It is so true, Debbie. I mean, really, it is so true. In fact, how many times Jesus says in the word, right, that he calls us friend, right? There's a relationship there. When we experience the forgiveness that Jesus gives us as Savior, Lord, friend, all of these things, we can become friends who forgive because we have experienced it from him. And so we are quicker to ask for forgiveness because we have experienced him or we are quicker to forgive because we are living out the forgiveness that we have received. When we learn the language of love that he communicates with us and how that communication impacts us, we will be able to communicate with others better when we get grow in relationship with him. You know, we talked about this with forgiveness, certainly when we were talking about that not that long ago. We will become people who start to imitate, right? We're imitators of Christ and we will imitate Christ in our relationships too. And yes, it definitely gets easier because when we realize the measure with which we have been forgiven or loved or accepted or um, held or been heard or seen, we will respond in the way that we have been responded to. And we are better friends as we grow in that way. You know, you might be listening to this podcast and saying, the thought of being known by the Father and really knowing him sounds really appealing. I don't know how to get there. I have never felt that close to God before. And let me encourage you, there is no relationship out there 
that doesn't require some work, mm-hmm. right? Life is not a Hallmark movie where in, you know, a 90-minute show, every every problem of life is solved because they just know that they love somebody. That's not reality. Reality means you need to invest in a relationship. And that goes with my relationship with God and with uh, friendships that he's given me. You got to do you got to do life together. You have to invest time, you know, so that time that we talk about um, spending time in the word and praying and actually following the instruction that God gives us and seeing how he is faithful and he he meets those needs. He he shows us ways where he comforts us and we experience his love in the day to day. That's like doing life with him. It doesn't happen overnight. It's consistency walking day by day by day, making the choice to be committed to him. I look at uh, folks who have made a decision to follow Christ. And then a year later, they're like, wow, it didn't really work out for me. It's kind of like saying, what investment have you put into this relationship? You know, if you're not investing in it, then you're not going to get anything out. It's the same thing with a friendship. Mm -hmm. You have to and it's not work in a bad sense. It's just called commitment. It's called mm-hmm. being there and walking through life when it's hard, yep. as well as when it's uh, nice and nice and simple. Yep. And you know, Debbie, I think that you and I are a great example for me, at least, of uh, the fact that friendships, relationships have seasons to them. You know, we started out as college roommates, uh, mm-hmm. and we've talked about this before. For a season, yep. that was that was great, and there was definitely, honestly, when when I moved to UD, I hadn't been there before. You had already been there for a year, so even maybe our friendship kind of started out with you being a mentor to me in Probably some the ways. Older woman. <laughs> That's right. The older woman mentored the younger woman by a year. And um, so that relationship was more of a mentoring introduction, getting me connected with other people. And then, um, you know, seasons change and you, you graduate, then I graduate and we go on to this new season where we saw each other occasionally. We end up back in the same church years and years and years later. Seasons change and we end up unified or united by common experiences or interests or locations. But um, if our sense of security or friendship, like if I back then had said, well, now that we've graduated, that's just the end of, you know, my my time with Debbie Kiever, like that's it. We don't know what God has on the other end. Clearly, we can see that in our story. But if I was craving or determining my worth or my value on how you valued me or the relationship that we had during that season, um, I would have really had a struggle at that point. But we find that relationships have seasons to them, but really our, our relationship with God does not. Right. And because, you know, there's common experience never changes, right? He's constantly always there with us. We never leave. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. And when we can, we can realize that the relationship with him never changes while relationships around us do because seasons, it's normal. It happens. It's part of life and we grow through it. And it's okay. Um, it's okay it to is. have seasons change. Exactly. And that's going to happen. And, and we need to have grace for that too. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll, when we understand that our relationship with him never changes, it's easier for us to understand and accept and grow with the fact that our relationships around us will change and actually see that as a part of growth for all those invested in that relationship. Yeah, so true. I think of, uh, I've lost some good friends over the years to death. Mm-hmm. And if my everything was wrapped up in that person, then when they were suddenly taken from me, I think of specifically uh, my mentor was mm-hmm. killed by a drunk driver. I was not prepared for that. Mm-hmm. But but Mary had taught me that 
you know, my best friend is Jesus mm -hmm. and he's the one that would never leave me, but it was tested when Mary was suddenly gone. Yep. You know, so if you have that kind of pressure, you're putting on somebody to always be there, like yep. always be able to answer your phone or always be able to drop what you're doing because I need you to be here all the time. That's that's shaky ground because they're yes. human yes. and nothing is guaranteed for them. And the challenge is if I were to put all my confidence and all my cookies right in that one relationship, I tend to become a Klingon. Yeah. 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 And that's not healthy. And yeah. then I become yeah. very jealous of anybody else who yeah. is, I think, infringing in my space. Right. Trying to take that friendship away from me. That's not healthy. Yep. It all comes back to God. I need to cling. If I want to cling on anybody, it needs to be that full connection dependency on my relationship with the heavenly father. Yep. So true. So I am really excited, Debbie, as we uh, just kind of wrap this up today and look forward to what's coming in the rest of February. Um, if you all have, have listened to this today and you are you know, really in a place where maybe you're struggling with relationships or a specific relationship that has been challenging, or maybe you are really seeking out that relationship with the father, which is the basis and the understanding behind all of our relationships. Um, I'd just encourage you to stick with us here in February. There, uh, next time we're going to be speaking about relationships with parents and kids, and you don't want to miss it. It is just going to be a powerful time with a special guest. Uh, if you're seeking out a mentor, if you're wondering what that's all about, um, we're going to talk about that as well. And we just have um, really begun the journey on relationships today. But thanks for being with us. Thanks for being a part. Um, we are grateful for you as we've started off this new year. Thank you uh, for praying for us, uh, for loving us, for being a support for us. And we just want to be that for you too. So God bless you. Uh, we pray that you would just experience a new relationship with him as we all venture into this brand new year ahead of us. God bless you. Take care. And we will talk to you again next week. Take care, everybody. We believe that God will use what we share to encourage you as you step into the more that he has prepared for you today. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, remember, you were created for more. Thank you.